Thank you for joining us today for Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good day to you. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and I want to invite you to listen in to this sermon. Uh, we are looking at the compassion of Christ and you. The compassion of Christ and you. How does that flesh out in your life? Well, open your ears, open your Bible, and let's see. This morning, I want to talk to you. See the sheep there. The compassion of Christ and you. The compassion of Christ and you. We took time at the beginning of this year to look at the love of God in us. And I want us to pick up that subject again uh, and look at an example of God's love flowing through Jesus on a specific occasion. And we need to, uh, we've talked about that. We talked about the love of God in us and how it should flow through us and to others. Well, let's look at an example of Christ himself when the love of God flowed through himself, if you will, and out into others. Uh, So I want us to look at that. I think we can get a better feel of how the flowing of the love of God flows through us if we look at this together today. If you are able and you are willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God? Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 34. The Bible says, When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. May God bless the reading of his word, and may he emblazon it upon our hearts this day. You may be seated. One of the most obvious, I think, uh, points that we see here right off is that Jesus saw some people. He saw them. The first part of verse 34 says, when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd. He saw a large crowd. At this point, let me fill you in exactly what's happening here. Jesus, uh, I think we can safely assume he is tired. His disciples are tired. He had sent them out two by two. He had given his disciples an assignment to go and share the gospel. So they had gone out. They had preached. They had driven out demons and anointed many sick with oil uh, many who were sick with oil, and he healed, and they healed them. So the, the power had been given to these disciples to be on mission, and that's what they had been doing. So they had been out and about. They came back, if you will, and reported to Jesus what had taken place. He had sent them out with this power. They had gone. They had done. And don't you know they were excited when they came back to report to Jesus and tell them all the many things that had taken place. Uh, Now, most ministers at that point would probably say, well done, boys, let's all go take a nap. (laughs) Let's all head home. Let's all, you know, take a little rest. Uh, One of the things I have recently seen on Facebook was that Jesus, uh, somebody said that Jesus, you know, he he did, did some work and then they took a nap. You know, the people, had t- they took a nap. And so, therefore, it is sanctioned by God that you, we are all to take a nap. 
And I thought, well, there you go. That, that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, but it's also some truth in there, too. Uh, we do need some rest from time to time. Well, I think most ministers at that point, after everybody going out, uh, sharing the good news, all of this that had happened with the power he had given them, I think you would think it's time to take a break. It is time for a break. In fact, look up in uh, verse 31. It says, And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. This is, this is Jesus himself knowing the capabilities, the length of strength that they had for every day. Knowing that, says, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. It says, Therefore, there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Well, there, you know, you know I'm going to say something about that. <laughs> what? No time to eat? Hang on, Jesus, we've got to take a break. I mean, come on. This is, this is a little, we've gone a little bit for, look, we're sacrificing right now because we're hungry. And I mean, boy, it's amazing what we call sacrificing. And so it's funny how we, we call something we've sacrificed our time. When really we had the time, we just didn't want to make the time. Oh, but we made it, and we, so we sacrificed our time. We think, oh, we, we are so persecuted as Christians, aren't we, sometimes? We truly think we are. Oh, we call it persecution. Notice I use the word persecution. Many of us haven't a clue what persecution is. Talk to some of our brothers and sisters in, another, in other countries. Talk to them how they have to meet underground and in secret just to worship the Lord. Talk to them how they're scared day to day that they will be discovered and and, and beaten, if not killed, because they believe in God. That's persecution. But we look at ourselves and we think, oh, and here they are. Jesus is even making provision here in verse 31. He says, look, come away. Let's find some place, some time. Uh, y'all, are so, y'all have been so busy, but there's people, come, and there's people that keep coming and going, and, and it's just not stopping. Uh, and this is, this is some serious business if they had not even stopped to eat. Jesus, it seems, is going to take care of that for them. This is the love of God. This is the love of God taking care of His own. And He's going to take care of them. Look at verse 32. They went away in the boat. So they're leaving all of these people that are coming and going. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. So they planned to get away from the crowds of people. They planned to have a time of rest. They plan to get away from it all because they've been busy for a while here. They're in need of some rest. So look at verse 32. Or look at verse 33. The people saw them going and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all the cities and got there ahead of them. We're trying to take a rest. We're trying to to take a break. These disciples are trying to take a break from all the business, all the people coming and going. And oh my goodness, can you, did you, did you see what happens? The people saw them going. Oh, there they go right there. They're in that boat right over there. Look, they're going over there. Oh, look, let's, oh, and they got there ahead of them. Just need a break. And here they come, here they are. (laughs) Cannot get away from the people. Can't get away from this crowd. 
can't get away from them. It says in verse 34, and when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd. So here they are. Here they are. <laughs> y'all, were, y'all were over here, but, but now you're here. <laughs> uh, can you, I think you know that feeling of how you are around some people. Now, I don't know. Now, I know there's a difference. I know there's a difference. I have, I'm one of those different people, I guess you could say. When I'm around a lot of people, I draw energy from all the people that are around me. I love it. Oh, man, get me around some people. Throw me in a room alone by myself, I start getting depressed. There are other people. Other of you who work up to the point to where you're able to be in front of people and you're good. And when the time's over, it's, 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 that's it. Okay. I've done my time. I've done my people time. I've done my peopling today. I need a break. Uh, I need to get away. It's just God made us differently. And, and, and it's interesting to, to notice those differences, to see what that's like. But here, are, you've got to think that uh, I, I would think Peter would be one of those. You know, that would be like, hey, there's all the people. But when you're tired, you're tired. And when the day, when you've done a lot, you've been out doing a lot of work and, and, and ministering to people and getting involved in their situations and listening to them talk. And, 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 and these, they had the power of healing and were healing some of these, driving out demons from some of these people. They're tired. They need a break. And they get in the boat and they go over here and there they all are again. <laughs> it's like they won't go away. <laughs> They won't go away. Notice though, look at this verse 34. It says, And he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now notice the differences. Notice the difference in the phrasing of what's going on here. You see at the beginning many people were coming and going. They went, across, they went in the boat to a secluded place. The people saw them coming. Many recognized them, ran together, and got there ahead of them. Jesus went ashore. He saw a large crowd. But then suddenly, he has compassion for them because they are like sheep without a shepherd. He sees them as sheep suddenly. Suddenly, the word crowd turns into an, an individual sheep. Without a shepherd. Now you may say, well that's sheep, all the sheep there. Let me propose to you that Jesus saw them as individuals. He does not say he saw them as a flock without a shepherd. He does not say there is a herd there without a shepherd. He says they are sheep without a shepherd. He does not see them as just a crowd. He sees them as individuals. He sees them as individuals. The eyes of Jesus see people as individuals. Some of us think that God looks upon the world and sees all the people. You know, we used to have this little thing. uh, This is the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors and, oh, well, that's probably reflective of many of our churches today, isn't it? Where are the people? (laughs) But when we learned it, it was open the doors and see all the people. See all the people. The people. God doesn't see the people. He sees individuals. He sees you. He knows your name. Bible tells us he knows how many hairs are or are not on the top of your head. 
He knows. You matter to him. As an individual, you matter to him. And Jesus, he sees these, this crowd and he sees individuals. They, each one of them has value. Each one of them matters. Think about it. When you see, when you go to a store and you see a crowd of cars in the parking lot, what do you say? Wow, so many people here. So many people, that's what we wind up saying. We don't say, oh, there's so many individuals here. There's so many individual people that are here in these cars that have gone into this store. We don't say that. We say, look at all the people. We refer, we refer to people moving down the highway as traffic, not as individuals in cars moving down the highway. Now, that's a lot to say, Brother Craig. Now, come on, you don't want us to really say that. I mean, good night. Are you trying to change the way we view our world? Well, yes, I am, but I don't necessarily need to change how you speak about the world unless it needs to be in line with the Word of God. But when you see them, you have a tendency to see people as groups, not as individuals. And when Jesus died on the cross, he just didn't die for people. He died for individuals. He died for you as a person, me as a person on that cross. He died for us as individuals. One of the most famous examples of an individual looking at others as a group Instead of individuals with dreams and desires and financial situations and abilities. Was when the 1992 presidential candidate Ross Perot. Talked about the nation's financial problems at an NAACP meeting. He said financially quote financially at least it's going to be a long hot summer. I don't have to tell you who gets hurt first when this sort of thing happens do I? You your people. Your people do. I know that and you know that. And in that moment, he lumped an entire race of people together into one category. Just with that little... You, your people. He threw an entire race of people, put them in a category and said, Y'all are all like this. Instead of looking at them as individuals with hopes, dreams, desires of their own, Lumped them all into a category. Look, I think God teaches us beyond that. I think, I think God wants us to look as people, as individuals. Not as a group, just a group of people. I mean, we, we, we do a lot of lumping people into categories. Well, we do it with political parties. We do it with uh, race. Sometimes we do it even with gender. All the, all the women think like this. All the women do this. Oh, really? All of them? You're not very educated, are you? You're not very educated. <laughs> well, all men are like, oh, get, oh, be very careful when you start lumping people into categories. Be very careful, careful with your language. <laughs> be very careful with generalizing people. One of the, one of, I guess one of the exceptions is that when you say Jesus died on the cross for all people. You can do that. You'd be, you, you have every right to say that because that is biblical. Jesus died on the cross for all people. Now there are some who accept him, some who do not. 
But Jesus died on the cross for each individual. So you say he died for all people and you're safe. That's good. But we, we, we have this problem, this issue sometimes. I have this picture here for a reason. You look at all those sheep. We don't think of it's just a flock of sheep. It's a bunch of sheep. We don't think, oh, each one of those sheep is, is, is individual sheep. Now, does he have or she have hopes, dreams, and desires and goals in life? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But each, each sheep is a sheep. And together they make up. A flock, but they're individual sheep. Jesus, when he looked at the crowd, did not see a herd of people. He saw individuals. Listen, it is easier to see a herd of people instead of seeing the individual. And God sees the individual. He sees you. And this is good news. This is good news that God sees you as an individual Because he knows your dreams, your hopes, your desires. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's tough in life and what you face every day. He knows. See, when you take God and put him up there and say, Well, you know, God just loves everybody. Yes, he does. But he loves us as individuals too. He loves us as individuals. When you say, well, just God loves everybody. Well, sometimes I think God misses out. I think he misses me. You know, a blanket statement, God just loves all. God's going to take care of everyone. Well, that sounds good. But, you know, the government, you know, could say he's, you know, it takes care of everybody. But no, it doesn't. Because that gets all politicized. And really, it's not the responsibility of the government to take care of everybody. To where we, none of us do anything. That's not, it's not their responsibility. God sees the individual. He sees you. Do you see people or do you just see a crowd when you're out and about? What do you see? Do you see just a crowd of people every time you go somewhere? Or do you see, wait a minute, each one of them. You start looking with your eyes and discover, hey, they dress different. Hey, they, hey, they don't. They don't sound like they're from here. We look and we start to see there's differences. And there are individuals there. And God loves every one of them. Well, the second thing we see is that Jesus had compassion for people. It says, and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They needed direction in life. They needed help in life. They needed someone to shepherd them, to guide them. He notices this. He sees them as individuals. He does not have compassion upon the herd, but each sheep as an individual. They are like sheep without a shepherd. He saw each one and saw that they needed help. He had compassion for them. What is compassion? Under the influence of compassion, we enter into the circumstances and feelings of others inspired to aid and relieve them. The term compassion suggests to sympathize or to suffer along with others. Now, you, oh, I know some of you, this, this kind of goes against how you live and how you want to live. It, this this kind of goes against how you've been living because, I, look, I've got enough suffering preacher in my own life. I don't have time to suffer along with someone else. But we have someone who went to the cross who suffered for us. Oh, he suffered along with us, but he suffered in our place. 
for what all of us deserve. Punishment for our sins. I know it's hard to think that we that God is calling on us to suffer along with someone else, but that's exactly what He calls on us to do. With this suffering along with others, there are, there are also uneasy and uncomfortable feelings that come with that. Because it's outside of our comfort zone. It's not what we normally do. To come alongside of someone who is hurting, someone who is in need. We may not do that all the time. And when we do it, it's kind of uncomfortable. Yes, it is. Simply because it's not something we're used to doing. It doesn't mean, oh, it's wrong. Oh, I feel uncomfortable. Oh, it must be wrong. Look, if we're going to think that, that we're going to live our Christian life as a nice, comfortable little place where, no, where we're just never upset and everything always is rosy, we've got another thing coming. We, we, we're, not living a, we're not living in reality. Because God calls on us many times to do that which is uncomfortable. Why? Because he's teaching us to be like Jesus. He's, he's trying to move us a little long, a little further in our spiritual journey of becoming more like Christ. So he's stretching us. He's stretching us. And we need to allow him to do that. Anytime we stray from a path that we regularly walk, there's conflict inside of us. There's conflict. Oh my goodness, what? Go and talk to people? At, 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 at this convoy of hope thing? I mean, go and talk with people. Look, these are going to be more than likely some people you know. More than likely it's going to be some people you know that, you, that are just coming for assistance, coming for some help, and my goodness. But it's going to call on us to become a little uncomfortable. Anytime we enter into the lives of another person, there's uneasiness because it connects us with that person. We become connected to that person. Anybody you talk to for that moment, you are connected with them. And once you've been connected, have you ever noticed that once you take time to talk to someone, you see them again not too long after that? Have you ever noticed that? I've seen that happen. I talk to somebody and then I keep running into them. I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh, God's got something going on here. Something's happening. He must want me to have these encounters with this person because he keeps putting them in my pathway. What's happening here? We need to be aware of that. Watchful. Watchful. Many times that connection is to a person we do not know. And we have questions about it. Well, am I doing the right thing talking to them? Am I doing the right thing sharing with them? Does this person really need some help? Do they need financial help? Do they need just someone, an ear? Maybe you just need to be the ear for them. Maybe they just need to share what's on their heart. Maybe they need someone to pray with them and pray for them. Maybe that's what they need. Sometimes we have these questions. Will, will they take what I have and, and, and that I give to them and abuse it? What, if God is leading you to open your eyes and see a person as an individual, then the compassion which God has placed in your heart will be turned on and be put into use. I promise if you're being led by God to do something, it's going to be okay. Obviously, you must walk with the Lord to know his guidance, know his voice. Jesus said, my, my sheep know my voice. You will know his voice. If you're walking with him, you will know it. We should never fear doing something God calls us to do. I say that, and yet I get, I get scared. I get scared too. God calls on me to do something I don't know. I don't know. Boy, I don't know. I don't know. And, and, and I, I, re, I, I refer you to the moment I've shared with you. It's been a while. 
The first church I was able to pastor that God let me be a part of and pastor, driving on the way to Mansfield, drove by this house every time. And I, and I started getting this sense that I needed to stop. And I thought, what? I don't even know who lives there. I don't even know these people. But I just kept feeling like I needed to stop. And I finally just said, okay, fine, God, I will do it. And I pulled up in that, in that driveway, walked up, knocked on the door. lady had oxygen. She was on oxygen, oxygen tank. She would smoked and smoked and smoked. And she, she was having great difficulty. And I stopped and I talked with her. Told her who I was. Told her I just felt like I needed to stop. And, and she thanked me profusely. We sat. Uh, had a good visit. I prayed with her, and I thought, wow, God, what? And I really don't know. What, what was that about? What was that about? Why did he have me do that? I'll never know. But I was supposed to do that. And yes, I was uncomfortable. I didn't know who this person was. I just had to walk blindly up to a door and go, knock, knock, knock. Hey, I don't know why I'm here, but uh, <laughs> I didn't tell her that. But I just felt like I needed to stop, and I told her that. But we don't, sometimes it's uneasy, sometimes we get uneasy. But this compassion that Jesus has initially is not because they were hungry. He saw them in need of being guided in life. They needed guidance. Later we see his compassion in the area of something tangible, something they physically needed. This is before the feeding of the 5,000. And so uh, later we see that he meets that need as well. But the point is, Jesus looked at them long enough to determine that they needed help. He looked at them long enough. Now, how many of you have, have looked at someone thinking, oh boy, no, I might have to get involved in their life if I look at them long enough. I may have compassion in my heart. I may feel led to do something if I look long enough. I better not do that. Ooh. Pull my toes out from under that. Ouch. How many of us have done that where we thought, well, I just don't know. I don't. Look. You are a representative of God Himself, the God, the Creator of the universe, the God who loves, the God who loves, the God who reaches out. You are His ambassador. You are His hand to reach out to those who need a hand. Do you look at an individual and allow yourself to have compassion upon them to the point where you act on your part and step up? Do you have compassion for people as individuals? Do you have compassion for people as individuals? Or do you just, you just see people? Well, there's a bunch of people. A lot of people in this world. You know, if it weren't for the people in the world. Last thing. Jesus began to teach the people. He began to teach the people. The last part of the verse says, And he began to teach them many things. He had seen them as individuals. He had compassion upon them. And as Mark Puts it, began to teach them many things. He supplied the need that they had. He gave them what they needed. They needed instruction. They needed some guidance in life. And Jesus gave this to them. This way of living is a way for us to live day to day. Not just when it's convenient. Do you understand what happens when you read the word of God? He is teaching you and the desire that he has is for you to integrate what you have learned into your life. All the preaching and teaching you have sat under is not so that we can soak it up or to comment how good it was. It is done to make a heart and life change. It's 
there's reason behind it. There's a reason behind you hearing and reading the Word of God. And it's so that God can work on your heart, work on your life, bring changes if there need to be changes. And so this is you and I meeting in a place like this on a Sunday morning, it's not futile. It's not just, oh, we just, it's what we do. No, there's something that's happening. God is making a move in your life. God is making a change in your life. God is seeking to teach you and I how to live this Christian life that we have. So this is not just, oh, a ritual. We come here every Sunday. This is what we do. No, there's more to it. Something is happening. So what have we seen here today? What do we see in this passage? We see that we're to look at each person as an individual. We're to have compassion according to their need. They may need physical assistance. They may need some food. They may need some loving guidance or some encouragement in life. Can you imagine how much or how little encouragement that people get that are out there in this world? You may be healthy when it comes to encouragement. You may have someone in your heart and your life who comes to you and gives you encouragement and who builds you up. But there are many people in this neighborhood, in this community, in this parish who do not have that. There's no one there to encourage them. There's no one there to lift them up. There's no one there to come alongside of them and say, Hey, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? Is there something I can do? There are people who have no one. And that's why my heart breaks. To think that there are people who have no one to come alongside and say, Hey, how are you today? How is your day going? What's happening in your life? And then the kicker of it all. How can I help? Whoa. How can I help? If our eyes are open to seeing people around us, as individuals, we'll begin to see their need. And when we see the needs, God's Holy Spirit will move in us and, we'll, and we will have that compassion and we will have a desire to meet that need. As we, as God's people, live out our relationship with Him, the world will begin to see us as being relevant. Do Christians matter in this world? I wonder what people outside of this building think. Do they matter at all? Do Christians matter? We need to show them that we do by loving them, by seeing them, by caring for them. Jesus knew what he was doing when he said in John 15, 12, This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. May he find us looking upon others, having compassion and meeting their needs. Do you see people as just a group or do you see people as individuals? Do you have compassion for people as individuals? Do you seek to meet those needs of those who are in need? Or do you pass by on the other side and say, well, there's someone else that will take care of that for them. Maybe there is not. Maybe they don't have someone to encourage them. Maybe they do not have someone who will come along and give them $5 to make it through the rest of the week. Maybe... Whatever their need is, maybe they do not have that. Where are we as the children of God when it comes 
to others in this world. Where are we? Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement today. I do hope that you have a better picture of what it looks like when the love of God flows through you, how you can apply that in everyday life. That's why we have God's Word. That's why He wants to use us. He is changing us into the likeness of Christ. So we do not just learn for knowledge, we learn for application. Remember, you matter to God and to us.